Kendi, Rockstars. Prepare for a treat, let's meet and greet some bands and singers that are super sweet Making music that's fun for boys and girls, help them learn about this great big world Fun for the family, yes it's true, your kids will love it and you will too Clap and dance and sing aloud, become a part of the kindy crowd These songs will make you move your feet and give your ears a great big treat So settle in, grab your guitars, and let's get to know our kindy rock stars Hello everyone and welcome to Kindy Rockstars. This is the show that gives you the stories behind the songs from some of the best bands and singers that are making fun, informative, educational, catchy, and occasionally silly songs for children and families. I'm your host, Patrick Adams, and each episode of Kindy Rockstars will feature an artist and a featured song. So let's get to this week's show. With me today is Katie Dwyer of Katie Dwyer Music. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into kindy music. Sure. Well, um, gosh, man, when to even start that story? I think I really, truly got into kindy music when I had my own daughter, Hazel. That being said, I have worked with children my entire adult life. Um, when I was in college, I did a lot of performing on stage. Um, I did a lot of dancing, a lot of singing. I decided that I was going to be a big Broadway star and moved to the big city and uh, just, you know, hit it big. And so I was really quick to connect with a family who needed a nanny out in Westchester. So I started um, nannying for this family. At the time, I was going into the city on the weekends, whenever I could, um, dancing here and there. I did some choreography for some different for dance companies, but really just always, always stayed kind of in a job where I was working and dealing with children. Um, so I've always really been passionate um, to, to be around kids. The funny thing is now a lot of the kids that I took care of, and at this point, I think I've probably nannied uh, 15 to 16 children. Um, Two just graduated college from musical theater departments at the you know, as a Sooner and at Penn State. So um, very reputable companies. And I have my last kid I took care of up until even my daughter was born is filming uh, the ABC show The Wonder Years right now. So like all of, he was did a Broadway stint and I always played the piano and worked with these kids um, and did music with these guys. So, you know, I do kind of feel this sense of pride and joy that they pursued music music and theater in their adult lives and really truly are all pretty successful uh knock on wood so that theater gets going again and these guys can like get full-on jobs on Broadway again um but when Hazel was born it's kind of when it switched for me you know we put her in some classes in New York City and um when she was probably 11 months old and we really loved the music programs that we put her in 
And um, I had been doing music with her every day, Uh, even from when she was two months old. I'd sit her up. I would get stuffed animals that she had that she was really fond of. And I would write songs for every single stuffed animal. There was Betsy the Bug. There was Freddie the Yeti. There was Harriet the Hippo. And I would go through and sing all of these, you know, my name is Betsy the Bug. And I'd go through all these songs and we do it every day and every day. And and, And my friends and Kevin would say, you know, these are really catchy little songs. And I didn't really think much of it. I was like, you yeah, know, I've played the piano my whole life. I've written music my whole life, but I didn't really think much um, into it until we took her to a music program. And the more I started talking to moms and parents, the more I started realizing that if, for those of you listening, if, if you are not familiar with New York City in terms of what it costs to raise a kid in New York City, this is what I can tell you. New York City will give you some of the most amazing programs, classes you can imagine. They're awesome. That being said, they come at a cost. So everything you do is just really expensive. And as much as we loved the music program she was in, I had this really overwhelming sense that not everyone would be able to afford to put their children into such a program. And, you know, you do that. And then I thought, well, what if somebody wants to do music and they want to see if they will love dance and they want to see if they love guitar, how can these families afford to do all of that and then put them into twos programs? And it just became so overwhelming to me that I went home and I said to my husband, I think I can do this. I think I can create a reputable competing, and by competing, I just mean financially, um, music program um, that is clever and fun and smart and educational at a fraction of the cost. And I get a lot today from people like, you know, you can charge way more than you do. And I, I think I know that, but it's just never been my mission. Um, I really want to provide people music and I want people to experience that. And I want children to experience that. And so I do have a financial promise. Like if anyone is legitimately going through any hard times, just talk to me and we will work something out because I really feel like every kid needs to experience music at a a young age in their life because it's just so vital for their developmental growth. But that's when I sat down and decided this is what I'm going to do. How can I, though, make my music program different from every other program in the city? And the way that I was going to do that is, ding, I know I'm going to write all the music and it's going to be mine. Um, So I sat down one night. This is a true story. One of the songs that we're going to listen to today. I sat down one night and I thought, okay, I need a theme song. I need a song that I can start every class with. And here's the deal. Every single song we do in my class or on my album has some, and eventually, hopefully there'll be YouTube stuff out that will help parents kind of guide their kids along with what to do in each song. But there is a purpose in terms of what each child is doing in the song. So I thought, I try to incorporate a lot of sign language. So I said, I'm going to write a theme song and it's really just going to be about music and joy. And I'm going to incorporate two very simple signs that kids can communicate to their parents if they can't speak yet yet, on how to communicate that this is the song I want to hear. This is the song I really love or I want to listen to. So I sat down and I wrote a song called Music Makes Me Happy. It is so simple. It is verse, chorus, verse, chorus. When we do one bit, we tap our knees and clap our hands. 
and at this point in class, every child and parent knows exactly what to do. And from that, it just kind of um, spiraled into this. I think that night I must have written six or seven songs. Um, honestly, several of which are on my album, some that will go on future albums, but Zoom Zoom, Music Makes Me Happy, uh, Jungle Safari. Um, I sat down and just started writing. And um, that's kind of when I realized, I thought, well, my kid is the best person to test this on. So I started singing with Hazel and I realized well, these are pretty catchy. And, you know, we're pretty lucky in that a lot of her best friends' parents are either Broadway performers or have been in the industry. And so I started singing some of my songs to those guys and they were like, Katie, you got to do this. Like, this is, you got to do this. We don't mind singing your songs. We don't mind listening to your songs. So that turned into, okay, I'm going to do it. So I sat down and I wrote enough songs to uh, get me through what I would like a 45 minute music class. Um, I recorded a lot of them on the piano myself. Um, and then we would sing a lot of them acapella. I did a trial class with a bunch of families as a tester. True story. I did it in the home of the daughter-in-law of um I'm just drawing a blank because here I am having a, doing a podcast. And of course I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, he wrote wicked and Godspell and all of that. So this is where, you know, I'm sitting in this home and I'm thinking who this person's uh, father-in-law, you know, wrote these amazing Broadway shows and everybody responded so fabulously that I, I put it into action. I started a music program and then I decided hey, I want to put some real music behind these tunes. So I contacted a friend of mine who played a, a long time in Nashville and did some different stuff for some different bands who opened a studio in Arkansas called Haxton Road Studios. We were college friends. Oh, it is the most beautiful new studio you can imagine. And I said, hey, I'd love to record some of my songs because I have a music program What's it going to cost me? How can we do this? He put me in touch with a lot of his studio musicians who are just out of this world. And originally it started off, I just need the instrumentals. I want to just accompaniment to get me through these classes. And I learned quickly after starting the classes and having, after the, having all these families say, hey, do you have lyrics that we can listen to at home? My kid only wants to sing your music. So I thought, okay, we're going to do an album. I'm just going to do an album. And so we started out with the instrumentals. Um, I was so lucky. I had, you know, some of these first classes, I, I think uh, Jordan Sparks came to a couple of my classes with her son before they moved back to LA after she did a stint in a Broadway show. And I had a lot of Broadway people in my classes. And so I had some pretty fun people in class to kind of uh, demonstrate some of these songs to. I really want families to enjoy music with their children. And I know it's really easy for us as adults to say, but of course we love listening to music, but listen, I'm a mom of a toddler and there are songs that I love dancing and listening to with her. And there are songs that I've heard probably for several decades that I could hear some new stuff. So I, have always my my goal was always just to write fun catchy songs with great melodies with a good solid beat but it's still super kid friendly um and parent friendly so um i made the album happen 
Um, I had a lot of support from a lot of people and that's, uh, I dropped this album, I think last August in the middle of this pandemic. And, you know, it's been doing really well, I think. And, um, there's a big demand album. Number two comes out, you know, this next year. And man, I really, I cannot wait for people to hear the second album. I've been singing some of the songs in class and, um, yeah, it's a doozy. It's just musically, these guys are just so talented, these musicians. So um, that's kind of my background and how the whole program, my program in the city came to be, but also how the album kind of just evolved because I realized there was a need because people were asking me for this music. Um, I never stopped writing. I my, pian- my keyboard is just over my shoulder and I, I sit down and write a lot. Um, this new album has a song called Dino Stomp and Chomp. And um, I think I wrote it probably uh, four days before I went down to record. I felt really passionate about having a dinosaur song. And um, I think it's probably going to be one of my biggest hits. Um, so I'm always writing. I'm always creating. And uh, I really work hard um, to write music that families can enjoy um, together. Um, so that was how I kind of got into, you know, being and wanting to be a successful children's artist. So I yeah. love the fact that early on you propelled kids onto artistic and musical careers. That's great. And the fact that that number is probably going to be exponentially higher as they came through your class. So you oh. are you are propelling a, a new generation of uh, future music, musicians. So well, that's, that that's would, fantastic. that would be a dream. That would be awesome. So how did you find the, um, the first album when you completed it? Did you say, okay, I can take a breath of fresh air or mm-hmm. I want to get into my second album now. Cause that was so much fun. So all of that. I took a deep breath and I said, I did it. This is great. And man, you, I, for anybody, and I know so many people who listen to this blog or musicians who have interviewed with you know, there is something so powerful and magical about being in a, a recording studio, especially when you are in, um, in with guys that have toured with gracious knows who and are just so outrageously talented. I mean, these guys will chart my music, watch me play it on the piano. My pianist will watch me play it. He'll chart it in about five to 10 minutes. And then we gather around the piano and we sing through it with him on the piano. And then we talk as a group on what vision or we see, you know, how we see the song going. And I, I kid you not, five minutes later, these guys are playing the most insane composition of one of my songs. I mean, the first time I did it, I literally was in the sound booth, like crying because I was just like blown away first by their talent and two, just seeing a dream come to life. So there was a big breath of fresh air, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Like, here we are. It's, it's up. People can listen to it. Um, But then you do catch the bug and you realize soon that like, while it might be new to some of your listeners, I'm hoping you guys, if you're listening today, you'll start listening to the music. It might be new to you, but I've been singing (laughs) for, you know, two years. So I get real like, I need new material. I need new material. Um, 
it's not as important for children. And I say that and, and I try to tell my parents all the time, like, look, and they all know because I have enough, um, I have enough songs to get me through a couple classes, you know, all the songs I do in class aren't particularly album worthy songs. And that's not that they're great, not great songs. They're just, they're more geared toward classes. And, um, but I say like kids really love feeling like they have control over something. And I don't mean that in a negative way. If we sing one of my songs and they know what's about to happen, they find power in that. And you can sense it. You can see the excitement in their face grow because they know that we're going to sing X, Y, and Z. And this is the move they're going to do it. And it really excites them. So I always tell parents, I'm like, listen, guys, after class, I know this might seem like we kind of stick to a structure and we're doing something kind of um, the same every week, but this is so vital to children because it gives them the opportunity to really focus in and learn something rather than just quickly moving on. So that being said, though, um, I find that it's just more fun for me and parents to kind of have a bigger repertoire, you know, uh, to kind of go through and mix it up more. You know, today I had a class in the city. And we did a song that we haven't sung for probably, I don't know, five or six classes. And I could tell like everybody's like, oh, great. We haven't, you know, we haven't done this song in so long. And I'm slowly kind of introducing new pieces each week. But it's really nice to kind of introduce new music. Um, so the next album will have 22 songs, uh, which is quite bigger than this one. And then listen, I... I could put down 28 new songs. If I'm honest, I have that much material, but you know, we'll save those for another day. Um, and also it's expensive <laughs> to produce an album. So you have to kind of pick and choose, but um, you do get the bug. I, I just basically always want to be recording. Um, and there is something to be said about kind of waiting and letting one kind of set in before you're just pumping something else out. But I, I am so psyched for this new music because like anything as an artist, you also just evolve. And um, I love my first album. Um, it's my like number one baby, but man, I really love some of the music on the second album. And um and I love hearing from people that they're singing it when they wake up at three in the morning. So that certainly makes me very happy to hear. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to get back at it. I just, I'm always pumping out, trying to pump out music and it gets tough. Like you get stuck in these modes where you think, oh man, get out of F, G, C and B flat. You got it like, you know, cause you can get in a rut where you start thinking like everything's sounding the same. Um, so sometimes you need a mental break and, you know, this, again, the second album, I thought, well, we're going to just hit it up. We're going to do some disco stuff. We're going to do some, you know, so you, you get into different areas where you try things out um, and they just work, but uh, I'm, I am ready to go, but I'm also excited for people who have not experienced my music to just enjoy uh, this first album as well with their, their kids. Yeah. Right. Well, let's do it. Are you ready to get into a song? Yeah, let's do it. This episode's song is called Music Makes Me Happy. All right, Katie, tell me the inspiration behind Music Makes Me Happy. 
Well, Music Makes Me Happy was the very first song I wrote uh, when I developed my music program and also decided that I wanted to really write and sing music for children. And I knew that I wanted something that kids could, that would be very interactive. So very simple sign language. We sign music and we sign happy. So every time we say music makes me happy, the children do sign language. I've been told I've been told a lot. I can't lie. I was told today a child listened to this song maybe 30 times today. But children are communicating with their families that, you know, are 12 months old, 13 years old, that they want to hear my song strictly by the sign language alone because they can't sing the words or say the words yet. So there's something really beautiful about incorporating sign language. But I knew I wanted my first song to just be about the basic joys that music brings to children. It is simple. It repeats. It's something that children can sing with. It's about the fact that as a grown up, when they sing with me, it not only is fun for them, but it brings me joy. You know, we do a simple tap on our knees and clap during a beat song. But it's it's really just a joyous tune um, to kind of open class and also just to kind of open the album up to just here it is. This is music with our kids. Let's be happy. Let's have fun. A little tidbit, a little insider on this song and what it sounds like on the album. This was the very first song I recorded. Uh, so... <laughs> Like anyone, listen, guys, it doesn't matter how many times you sing for on stage, like they, you get nervous. So I hear nerves on this song, which makes me laugh because no one else is like, oh, we don't hear that. But I hear a big difference between this one versus album number two or like my 15th song. But it's just a joyous tune. And I really hope that families will do the sign language together and just have fun listening to it. All right. Let's get into it. Here is the show opener. Music makes me happy. Katie Dwyer Music. It sings a melody When you sing along with me It makes me feel happy It sounds so good Just like it should Music makes me happy Music makes me happy Music makes me happy That was Music Makes Me Happy by Katie Dwyer Music. All right, Katie, tell everyone where they can stream and download that song and where they can find you on social media. 
Oh, man. You can find me on social media at Katie Dwyer Music. There it is. Katie Dwyer Music. You can stream the song on almost every streaming service, Spotify, Pandora. You can buy the album on iTunes. You can buy the album on Amazon. Pretty much if you can stream it, it's going to be there. So just make sure to put in your search Katie Dwyer Music and you'll see my bright album pop up. And that is where you want to go. Well, Katie, thank you so much for doing the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. All right. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.